Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 135 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you uh, today from Scottsdale, Arizona. An off day for the Oilers after a weekend sweep over Vegas and Arizona. Edmonton leading the Pacific Division. Straight off to our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, we welcome back to the show George LaRock. Hi, George. How are you? I'm good, Bob. What's going on? Are you tanning over there? It's it's ironic that you mention that because we just got a text on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. We just ran an interview with Ken Holland, and the text says another great interview with Mr. Holland. It sounds like you interviewed him at the water slide in the hotel. I'm picturing you both in speedos. Have a great <laughs> show, Mr. Stoffer. Now, George, since since you and me used to work out at Body by Bennett. Uh, being in a speedo for me might not be a good idea. Would you not agree? Well, I, actually, I've seen it work out many times, and I've never seen a difference from the first year, the first day I saw you train with Simon, and five years later. So I would still say that if you go get one, you can find one your size. There, <laughs> there we go. Uh, how you doing, by the way? I was good to see you a couple of weeks ago in Edmonton. How did that experience go for you? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, I, I'm, I come in Edmonton quite often because, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a public speaker also, and I go often, I come uh, out west to uh, to speak, motivational speaking and stuff, and, and I love it. And, you know, since my twins are in Edmonton, every time I have the chance to come down there for an event, I stay longer to see my, my twins. So, no, it's awesome, and it's awesome to get to see some others' game, especially now this year they're doing so good. And my good friend Mike has a box there, so I get to come to Edmonton many times, to the fans, to the game. And uh, no, I just love it. And my kids get a chance to see me more, see the games with me. So no, it's good. You know, I'm covering uh, in my radio show, kind of like you. I do the same thing as you do, but in Montreal. And uh, I cover all the Canadian teams, obviously, because all the teams that I played for, I talk about them a lot and I follow them a lot. And it's just awesome. I love it. Well, I know you're a fan of Connor McDavid and uh, Leon Dreisaitl, but it has been a a consummate team performance. Like when you got the number two penalty killing George, the number two power play, the goaltenders have split the workload. They've each got 14 appearances. There's the emergence of Ethan Bear. Uh, Dave Tippett's uh, done a pretty good job here. He's got a lot of different parts going on, doesn't he? Well, you know, uh, if you look at Dave Tippett, I was really anxious to see what change that they were going to do this year to improve the team. And it started with a general manager. And, you know, getting a, a guy like Ken Allen, we know that I think the Red Wing has the record of 25 years in a row making the playoff. And he was part of a team that had the, the great dynasty. And, and if you look at how the way he handled, um, you know, Zetterberg and Datsuk, it's kind of like the same nuclear weapon that he has with... Uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, and now you just have to build around them. And the first trade, the first move he did, uh, you know, be able to move Luchik, that was huge. I never thought it was possible, but they did. Getting James Neal in exchange, that got his 14 goal the last 
the last time. Like, it gives you a top two line, top two punch that they needed because, you know, often people are seen to just neutralize the number one line, and if you do that, there's nothing else. But you look at the second line, and even Sam Gagne, when he jumped in and out of the lineup, every time he jumps in, he gets the point. So now the team, uh, things things look like they're really gelling together. And uh, and, and you can't stop Jaisal and McDavid anyway. They're so fast, they're so skilled that in any lines that you put against them, they're putting a point on the board anyway. And the goaltending situation looks more stable. The defense looks more stable. So now this year, the others look like now a real dynasty in the coming and things of looking way better. But I think the biggest change of all was the coach. Dave Tippett had seen him. You know, when I played in Phoenix, I don't know if you guys remember, Wayne Gretzky was the coach when he was there. And things yeah. with the, the team wasn't doing too good. And eventually the league brought back the team. And we, I think we were out at the playoff in December. And coming from Edmonton, when I, when I signed in Phoenix, um, you know, I was used to play on a team that we were always fighting for a playoff spot. And, and I wanted to, everybody was giving their heart out. But in Phoenix, we were pretty much out of the playoff in December. So I asked to be traded, and that's when, you know, I had the choice to pick between Calgary and Pittsburgh and play in Edmonton for so long. I knew the ball of Alberta. I never wanted to do that to the Edmonton fans to go play and sign in Calgary. So I went to Pittsburgh. But just so you guys know, that same team that was out of the playoff in December, when the league bought back the team and Wayne, they, they moved Wayne, they, they pushed Wayne aside, they hired Tippett. And with the same team, they finished first. My team that I played on that was last in December with other playoff, Tippett put them first. That's at that time that I knew that this guy was a good coach and he knew what he was doing, great experience. And now you're putting a really good coach with good player like this. It was the perfect coach that the others needed and stuff. They have a great GM. They did great first few moves to help the team. You got one of the best coaches in the NHL behind the bench with the two best, two best young centers in the NHL. So that recipe is now for success. And now we could really be happy for this year and years to come in Edmonton. I just want to talk to you about Milan Lucic because, uh, and George, I, I thought it could work with Milan here. Uh, I'm surprised, you know, the, the offensive game has dropped off the way it has. The other thing that's changed is there's no fighting anymore. And so Milan, uh, who unquestionably was one, you know, was the preeminent power forward in the NHL for a year, few years. It's been a precipitous drop-off for him, and it's been a challenge. But are you surprised how much, George, the game has changed over the last five years? Like, I, I mean, have the Canadians had a fight all season this year? You know, the Oilers have only had a couple. Yeah, you know, I, I feel bad because I know Milan, and he's a great guy, and he's a great team player. And for sure, when he was there, he, he could give a lot of room to Connor and Drysaddle. The reason why they were able to change, first of all, is that you got Matt Cassian that could trade blows and he could really get his room. You know how good of a move was that to put Cassian with Tricidal McDavid to give them plenty of room. And if you want to roughen them up, he's going to be right there. That was the perfect. It kind of reminded me when Dave Semenko used to play with Wayne. Give him more room. Nobody is, nobody wants to rough them up. And then you got Donald Nurse playing D. That is really tough also. So having those two guys there, it gives you the liberty of, of saying, well, you know what? We don't need Milan to get more toughness because we have already two guys, one in D and one forward. So it's perfect. And in terms of Lucek now, you know, yes, it gives you, it gives you room and it gives you the respect, but the game has changed so much. Unfortunately for Milan, he was playing with guys that were like so fast that 
for him, maybe it wasn't always uh, working on the ice because he couldn't keep up to their speed because the Oilers are lightning fast. And, you know, for Milan to be effective, he has to play the top two lines to get to be a 30-goal scorer like he was before. But he has to be able to keep up with the speed. Nobody could keep up with uh, with McDavid's speed. But as for Dreisaitl, I was talking with David Pelstier because he's worked a lot with actually the young guys where they're skating. And he was telling me how deceivingly fast Dreisaitl is. And he's one of the fastest guys on the team. And obviously nobody's faster than Connor. But that's why like seeing that Dreisaitl could actually skate with McDavid it makes sense of those two together are so fast, but Milan mixed in with that wasn't working. So that's why when you look at that, the game is so fast now that I look like a guy like in Ryan Reeves in, uh, in Vegas. Ryan Reeves in Vegas cut that up because when he was in, in, in St. Louis, he was pretty much just a fighter and he was, he was playing six, seven minutes a game. So what he did when he went to Vegas, you know, Gallant told him, you know, you could have an opportunity to play. But you got to be faster. He lost some weight. He really uh, like work on his explosion to be more effective. To be able to play, if there was no fighting. And now he scores ten goals a game. He hits. He could actually be fast enough to hit guys. And if you look at the series when Vegas played Winnipeg, he actually was the faster that got Winnipeg out because he was roughing up Boston all the time. He was so physical, and that's what you need. If you have a big guy that is playing like energy minutes like in the third or fourth line you need them to be fast to be able to keep up with the new nhl because it's totally different now and even me bob if i was back playing the nhl today i think i'd be sitting right beside joy Moss singing national anthem because i could never keep up with the speed of today well george you you would have you would have you know put the work in i mean that's and you mentioned ryan reeves george the Oilers played vegas and edmonton was way better than vegas early in that game and it was uh ryan reeves running around with william carrier they must have hit clef like five clef and larson like five times in one shift and that's what they, they they can get there now george i want to switch focus to the montreal canadians uh, because they don't have a McDavid and they don't have a dry settle. But they got a bunch of guys scoring right now. Like everybody's all kind of between, all the forwards are between like 10 and 20 points. And that's part of the reason why they've had a decent start to the year. Would you not agree with that? Well, you know, the thing with Montreal, every year is the same thing. To start the season, they always have a great start of the season because team are not gelling all together yet. You look at the speed of the Montreal Canadiens, it's a small team that are fast. And now team that, that there's so many changes to all the different teams out, out east. And in the east, if you look at the change that in there, guys are not used to play together yet. And Montreal is taking full advantage of it. They're skating faster. They're getting hit, but the guys have so much grit and they're playing unreal. But what happens to Montreal is every year, if you look after Christmas, starting in January, when the league starting to be more physical and it's much harder, those guys, they can't keep it up anymore. They can't be, they're not skating as fast anymore and they're hurt. Her injuries started to happen because, you know, if you're a tall, a, a small team and you get hit all the time, an 82 game season is a long time to be able to, to withstand our pressure and, and this physicalness. And that's why Montreal always try to get a big gap, like to be like ahead of team for like maybe 10, 15 points in the holidays because they know there's a gap and they're going to go down after Christmas. And maybe they could have one or two guys to, to be able to keep up the pace. But, you know, they're doing pretty good despite the fact that they're small and also that there's many rookies in the lineup. Because, you know, you look at, you know, Suzuki that made it and now he's a top 
top uh, second line uh, winger that is on there. Sometimes he plays center. You got Cal Fleury that is in there. It's impressive the fact that, despite all the fact that there's power teams in like like Toronto that is underneath the Canadians, but now things are going to change with the new coach. But it's impressive that now they were able to maintain themselves in the top three position in the Atlantic Division while having some rookies in the lineup and right now having guys that are hurt. You know, Duane just got surgery and he's going to be out for two months. You got, uh, you know, Byron that is out for another month. They're finding ways to win. And uh, it's a disappointing loss that they had against the Rangers when they were up 4 nothing. But, you know, they never, they never quit. They play so hard and they start with a hard to flyer like Gallagher and Max Domi that totally uh, changed as a player if you compare it to the years that he had in Phoenix. One final question for you, George. George Larocque joining us, former Oiler, does radio in Montreal. Have Do people in Montreal now look differently four years later at the Shea Weber for P.K. Subban trade? Shea Weber is a plus seven. He's got seven goals this year. He's on that first unit power play. P.K. Subban is struggling to consistently play on New Jersey's first unit power play. Is that trade, because initially the fans hated the trade, do the fans like the trade a little bit more now? Okay, so th- th- this is this is a really good and long question to answer. To start with that, in the beginning, when they did the trade, I was totally against it. I didn't understand it how they traded somebody that was younger to somebody that was older, somebody that was made for the new NHL speed because PK is, so, is, is lightning ball. He's fast, and you know the fans were getting on their feet when he was when he's grabbing the puck again, and that he was always making things happen. So when they made that trade, and actually they, they made the trade and it came from inside the dressing room because, you know, like with all the players on the team, it didn't work anymore. And, and it's the player that wanted him gone. So they traded it to Nashville. And, and, you know, Weber came in. He became the captain of the team, as you know. He's not as fast as Subban, but he's very smart. The fact that he's smart is the fact that he's always been better, better like defensively. You look at the plus minus in the trade. And Weber, like, always, always been more reliable defensively than he has. But what is happening is that if you look at what happened in Nashville, in Nashville, the same thing happened inside the dress room. The guys can stand him anymore. And what did Nashville do? They traded him to New Jersey for pretty much nothing. So if you want to look at who won the trade, well, the way you look at a trade, you look between two teams. So now you see that Montreal got Weber for Subban. And what do Nashville got now? They've got two guys. Two young guys that they traded for him, they pretty much got nothing back for Subban. So Montreal won the trade because Weber is still there. He's like he's playing, he's contributing, he's scoring, he's putting lots of points on the board, and Nashville has nothing. So now, if you want to look at New Jersey, what they given up to give Subban, now things are really bad because you got a nine million dollar defenseman that now is not producing like a nine million defenseman that should, and they're shrugging a lot, and I don't think that's what they were expecting. And no wonder now, not, uh, like the devil, it's hard to, see, to sign Taylor all because if he's going to be a free agent and the guy wants to win and he's looking at this team that is struggling now and, you know, the new player that they had in hasn't making a change, you know, is he going to sign there? Or does he think he could win in New Jersey? And that's the big question to ask. And one of the biggest reasons why they're not working is because of PK, because I saw him play many times now this year in New Jersey. He's not the same player that he was. It seems that now he's slowed down and he's not as effective as he was before. And the one thing, Bob, that I'm really happy about is I don't know if you remember the first time Montreal decided to trade Subban. 
there was big rumors that Edmonton was interested. And I could just imagine what would have happened if he turned to Edmonton. Because if you change two teams in two years, that says a lot about the player that you are. And the last thing the player needed in Edmonton is maybe a distraction that would uh, take him away from the goal of winning the Stanley Cup. George, we'll do this again. Thank you for your time, okay? Anytime, brother. All right, that is George Larocque joining us out of Montreal. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years for many locations. Visit their 14 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation, Mediterranean Chicken. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 153 in Edmonton. We are going to go to Listy and Oilers history for New West Travel. Again, special thanks to our guest today. Edmonton Oilers General Manager Ken Holland. Uh, John Shannon, who joins us every Monday and Wednesday in Oilers. Now, George LaRock. By the way, Brendan Escott's back at the studio. Brendan, uh, how quickly can we get those podcasts up for everybody? Because I am getting feedback here that people want to uh, be able to access the Ken Holland interview if they didn't hear it fully and completely. Uh, I believe it's already up, and if that hasn't changed, oh, really? then in the next six minutes. Okay, you're you're good, man. You're good. There you go. This day in order's history brought to you by New West Travel. We got a second half road trip to the terrific city of Chicago. Uh, it's a big city with Midwest value. Package includes tours of Wrigley and Soldier Field and great lower bowl game tickets at the United Center. I know um, Tyler Hufka a number of years ago uh, went into. Uh, um, Chicago with his parents and couldn't believe like you you go in that building and you hear that at that anthem and just the energy that courses through your veins and it starts uh, they do it as as good a job as Vegas does uh Montreal and Chicago are fantastic trips as well reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com what do you got for us uh Brendan back in 1993 in this day in order's history well Edmonton coach Ted Green was fired after coaching the Oilers to a 318 and 3 record which was the worst start in team history, so Glenn Sather, the president and GM of the team at the time, replaced Green as coach. They went 22, 27, and 11 the remainder of the season. Yikes. That was a tough go. Of course, Ted Green passed away, what, about a month ago? Um, I went to high school uh, with uh, Ted's son, Chris, who was a terrific guy. Uh, Ted Ted himself, great guy. Uh, honorable, straight shooter, uh, didn't BS, uh, and uh, certainly was a tremendous part of the Oilers' success throughout the course of the 1980s and even into the mid to late 1990s in a support role for Glenn Sather as the Oilers um, spawned a new generation of Oilers fans in all those playoff series against the Dallas Stars. Now, Brendan Escott will have tomorrow's edition of Oilers. Now, I will do a cut-in. Uh, the Oilers are going to skate tomorrow in Arizona uh, before they fly into Colorado as they close out this five-game road trip. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta and the 7,000 men and women uh, who work in the Alberta horse racing and breeding industry uh, will join us. And Craig McTavish, former Oilers general manager and coach, he is coaching the Spangler Cup. So, uh, Speck and uh, Mac T will be two of the guests on tomorrow's show. Inside Sports tonight with Reed Wilkins. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by 6.30 Chet Afternoons with guest host Rob Breckenridge from Calgary. So long, everybody, from Scottsdale, Arizona.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.